Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, please open them to Galatians 5. And we're only going to read one verse this morning to get us going, and that's verse 13. So Galatians 5, verse 13. This is Paul speaking. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, and they do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. A nice, simple verse, but powerful. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, what a wonderful opportunity it is that we get to open your word, explore your word, word that is life-transforming, life-giving. Lord, this morning, I pray that you give us all, myself included, ears to hear and hearts to receive what you need and want to tell us this morning. May I become transparent and may your people only ever hear and see your face. Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, today will be our second instalment of our exploration through servanthood and how that relates to us individually and also us here at the Welcome Church. Last week we laid the foundation for those who were here. If you weren't, I encourage you just to, to go back and have a, uh, a look and watch and a listen on YouTube. But we, we, we laid a foundation using the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians as our foundational passage. And we read this. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. We looked at how this word serve or serving within society typically is associated with an individual who is serving another's needs and how servanthood is the condition or the banner, whatever word you, you would like to use, from which the serving of others flows from. We explored the truth that serving in any capacity, any capacity, whether in the customer service industry, out in the world, whether in the volunteer sector, um, even in church setting, isn't easy. And the reason that we said it's not easy is because people aren't easy. I think we'd all agree with that. We're not easy. I'm not easy sometimes. Just ask Kelly. We're not easy. I suggested that a significant reason the serving people isn't easy is due to this resistance that lurks in the human heart, an undercurrent within humanity. And this undercurrent is selfish ambition and pride, which can draw many to seek power and authority, not made, uh, made even harder by this hierarchical system that our society is built upon. 
if we're not careful, selfish ambition and pride it can become a narrow-minded pursuit of what's in it for me. What's in it for me and result in selfishness leaking through when we fall into the trap of only wanting to do what we want to do and leaving what we don't want to do to other people. We then looked at what scripture had to say about servanthood for us as Christians by looking at three examples in scripture. The first example of selfish ambition and pride is when we looked at Jesus' disciples on the road to Capernaum and they were arguing amongst themselves about who was the best. Jesus asked them when they entered the house, when they arrived in Capernaum, what were you talking about? What were you discussing? And none of them wanted to say. But we know Jesus knows everybody's hearts. He knows what, he, what people are thinking. So he knew what they're arguing about. And he replied to them and said, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. We then looked at what is one of the most significant acts of serv servitude within the uh, Bible. Jesus, on the Last Supper, stood up from the table, took off his gown, put a, 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 a towel around his waist, knelt down to his disciples and began to wash their feet, something that's never done by the host, always by the servant. And Jesus said this to them, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. We then looked at the greatest act of servanthood within scripture, that being Jesus's going to the cross to pay for the ransom for mankind's sin for yours and for my sin. We then read our last section of our primary passage taken from Paul's letter to Philippians, which read this. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And then we finished by breaking bread together and remembering that incredible act of sacrifice. Today, I would like to briefly explore two key questions of effective Christian servanthood. Number one, what is the foundation for Christian service? And number two, what are the qualities and the characteristics of a Christian servant? We will then finish by looking at how we here at Welcome may be able to serve in the family of God. So what is the foundation for Christian service? Well, around 
57-ish, we, no, we don't know how long, but around 57-ish years after Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension to heaven, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church in Galatia. Recent Gentile converts in Galatia were being encouraged to continue um, to follow Jewish law, especially with regard to circumcision. Paul was writing to urge them that they are now free, free from the law because of what Jesus had done on the cross. And he says these words, which were the words of our opening Bible passage this morning, for you have been called to live in freedom, brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Just like those Paul was writing to in Galatia, we are also all called to love God by serving others. but also in serving each other. We have seen that more often than not, those in the world serve because they need or they want something in return. I'm sure there are many of, of us here who have fallen into that mindset as well. I'm sure there is. As Jesus' bride, we are to serve each other, not for reward, but because God expects us to and Jesus commands us to. Within this passage, this one verse, there are three key truths that are the foundation, I would suggest, for Christian servanthood. The first is this, the basis for genuine service to others is salvation. It's salvation. Paul says in this verse, we are called to be free. You cannot truly serve God until you have been set free by Jesus. It is a prerequisite for Christian servanthood. Before we experience the transforming power of God's grace in our lives, every single one of us here were enslaved. We were enslaved by our own hurts, enslaved by our own habits, our own pains, and our own hang-ups. A lot of the time not thinking too much or even caring, if we're being honest, about others. But that shouldn't be the case that we here who call Jesus Lord and Saviour are saved. Without the freedom of forgiveness found through salvation in Jesus, we would have ended up serving for the wrong reasons. Trying to earn the approval of others. Trying to run away from our pains, maybe. Trying to remedy some sort of guilt that is in us. Or the most common one, trying to impress God Service motivate, motivated by these illegitimate reasons 
is bound to leave us burnt out and often quite bitter. Rick Warren says this, we are not saved by serving, but we are saved for serving. Isn't that true? We're not saved by serving. Many Christians around the world still believe we are, but we're not. But we were saved to serve God. So number two, a barrier to serving others is selfishness. Selfishness. Paul, again in this passage, says, do not use your freedom to indulge the sin, your sinful nature. The truth is, a lot of the time, the reason Christians don't have time or don't have the energy to serve others is that we are quite often preoccupied by our own agendas, our own dreams and our own pleasures. Or we think we have nothing to give Every single one of you here has got something to give. Every single one of you here is valuable in God's eyes. If you weren't, Jesus would never have gone to the cross for you. And every single one of you here has got something that's precious that God can use in the growth of his kingdom. Do we believe that? Amen. Amen. But let's be honest, many Christians struggle and battle with selfishness. Some Christians still do. It's no different to what we see in the world around, in the world around us. Those who haven't surrendered to Jesus are still slaves to their flesh and the corruption of sin but we are no longer slaves but have been set free by the blood of Jesus amen amen that is something to get excited about I have to reserve myself sometimes up here because sometimes I just want to jump and say amen but I can't well I can I suppose but those sorts of things should excite us The truth in that. I'm not just here saying those words. It's truth. And as those set free, that's you and me, we are called to follow Jesus' example and live not by selfishness, but by selflessness. We are, not we are not called to live by selfishness, but by selflessness. Jesus says, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life, we all know this, for the sake of the gospel, will save it. The third, the, mot the motive for serving is love. It's love. Love is the foundation for all things. Paul says again in his verse, serve one another in love. 
God is far more interested in why you serve others than in how well you serve them. He's always looking at the heart, looking to us to serve others willingly and eagerly out of the love for Christ and gratitude for what Jesus has done for us. In Paul's letter to the believers in Corinth, words that resonate to us today, he is clear that no matter what our giftings or area of service is, if not motivated by genuine love, we are but clanging noise. He says this in 1 Corinthians, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries of all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It does not, it is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Amen. Amen. Doesn't that put a smile on your face? Praise God. Serving God in whatever form must be motivated by love. So what are the characteristics of a Christian servant? So the foundational truths for genuine Christian servanthood, as we've just looked, are salvation, our salvation, our genuine selflessness, and our unconditional love. So what are these overlapping characteristics and qualities of a faithful servant? Number one, a faithful servant keeps their focus on God. A servant of God keeps their eyes fixed on the character of God, trusting in his goodness no matter what the circumstances. Faithful prayer for the fruits of the Spirit must be evident in our lives. Many times in life, the authenticity of our servant heart will be evidenced simply by our faithful dependence on God as we walk through trials. That's number one. Faithful servant keeps their focus on God. Number two, a faithful servant is sacrificial. Sacrificial. A servant of God is willing to submit their own plans, their desires, the rights to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We give up our wishes, our wants and our desires. 
We go wherever he leads, whatever the cost. And as believers of Jesus, this is easy to say, a lot harder to do. We would be willing to pay that cost and go willingly. That's what Jesus calls of us. And whatever that looks like, in whatever stream of the world, of whatever he calls us to do in society, in whatever job, whatever it is, he calls us to do it willingly. Number three, a faithful servant is obedient. A servant of the Lord is someone who obeys the Lord. Obeys the Lord. We serve where he directs and not serve as he directs. Works both ways. We shouldn't serve just because someone expects us to or we expect it of ourselves. However, we also shouldn't sit back and not serve, especially if there are needs that need dealing with. Number four, a faithful servant is humble. True humility is not thinking less of ourselves than others. It's simply not considering ourselves at all. There's a tough one. Our egos are one of the biggest things that try to, to encapsulate our daily lives. Our egos are the ones that, that, that pushes us towards selfishness and pride and all of these things. It's not about us. It's not about us. Our focus is on what we can give to others and should be on what we can give to others, not what we are trying to get for ourselves. Number five, a faithful servant serves where, ne where is needed. Are we willing to serve where the need is? Are we willing to serve where there's a need? Or are we just only really willing to serve in the areas and things that we prefer to do? or maybe even we feel comfortable in doing. It's a natural reaction to only want to do the things that you want to do and feel comfortable doing. But are we willing, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to be guided and led to do things that maybe we don't want to do? Are we willing to serve in the quiet, unnoticeable, and often unappreciated, or unacknowledged areas. Maybe it looks like arriving early to church to serve tea and coffee or to set the cheer chairs up or whatever that looks like. Maybe it's being a listening ear and a compassionate shoulder to someone who needs encouragement at the end of the service when maybe you just want to disappear off to get your lunch. Whatever it is, when the Holy Spirit prompts you to offer yourself in a way that is inconvenient or counter nature, 
a servant of God will do it anyway with patience and kindness. And finally, the faithful servant expects to suffer. When Jesus said, take up your cross and follow him, he was asking us to count the cost because he knew there would be one. He knew there would be a cost. That's why he said it. Loving without condition is risky. Following Jesus leads to rejection and persecution from the world around us. Grace will be taken from gra- by, uh, for granted by people around us. It doesn't just cost us our own agenda. It cons- costs us our comfort, our pride, and in some cases, even our lives. Matt Smithist, a pastor in America, is quoted as saying this, when we say we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we must remember what happened to Jesus' hands and feet. Pretty powerful statement when you think about it. Paul said it first in Romans. He said, now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in the sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. If we truly want to be servants of God, then we must understand and expect that there will be a cost. Now that all sounds really hard, doesn't it? There's a reason, there's a reason that Jesus sent us the greatest gift, the Holy Spirit, is so that we don't have to do it by ourselves is that we don't have to draw upon our own strength and our own abilities to serve and to be servants of God. We just have to be willing to be directed and guided by the prompting of the Holy Spirit into areas in life that we may feel uncomfortable, that we may not want to do. But we are called to be faithful servants Faith is just a word if we don't step out in it. It's just another word in the, in the, in the dictionary. It has no meaning unless we step out in it. Faith takes action. It requires us to step out in faith. That's where you see God move. That's where you see us being able to to work into people's situations that we've never thought possible. We may be able to pray into situations and see God move in that. It's where people's lives can be transformed. Your life can be transformed by us being faithful and trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit that is in every single believer who calls upon the name of Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Don't ever underestimate the Holy Spirit. Too often, I'm going way off my notes here, too often, too often in Christendom, the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit is subdued. 
by us. By us. Supernatural activity from the heavenly realm, shall I say, is not something that we should be fearful of just because we can't see it and because we don't understand it doesn't mean that God can't still do it. But we become fearful of the things we don't understand and the things that we don't know, so we subdue it. Be very careful, church. Don't subdue the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to us to help us, to help us to minister to this world, to help us to be his hands and his feet, to help us to walk through the trials, the good times, the bad times, and help others do the same. Embrace and surrender. And let's just see the wonderful things that God leads you to. Amen? Amen. Where am I? <laughs> okay, great. So now we get down to brass knuckles. Right? How can we serve? How can we serve? First and foremost, we should, and we all know this, that this is just a reminder, we all should be living our lives as a daily act of service to God. Shouldn't we? Every single aspect of our day should be a daily service to God. And the words of our mouth should be, Lord, your will be done, not mine. Your will be done, not mine. At least once a year, I ask the Lord myself, I tend to take myself away on a bit of a retreat day, and I ask the Lord these things. Am, I'm, am I still where you need me to be? And am I still doing what you need me to do? Or am I not doing what you need me to do? There's, there's the other one. I ask God that question. Because I don't ever want to get too comfortable and miss when he's saying to me, Craig, this is where I need you to be. This is what I need you to be doing. Because I'm so comfortable in my life that I'm, I haven't got my ears open to what he's saying and my heart open to receive what he's saying. So 99% of the time, God doesn't reply to me in an audio, audible voice. Um, ask, uh, answering my question, I just tend to get that conviction in the heart. And that can take time. Now that might look different for you, but never stop asking God that question. Am I doing what you need of me? And am I where you need me to be? You hear many Christians say, I don't know what God's purpose is for me. I don't know what he needs me to do. And quite often, they can sit back and wait for God to tell them what to do before they do any sort of service. Now, I absolutely agree that the Lord has given us all individual gifts and individual abilities for him to use for the purpose of his kingdom but i want to encourage you don't sit back and wait it could be quite a while before god reveals to you what he needs you to do it's in his time and it's in his will so what do you do in the meantime you serve while waiting 
serve while waiting. Firstly, you serve by unconditionally loving your neighbour. We say this a lot, but it's not always easy to do. Unconditionally loving your neighbour, your work colleagues, your sh the shopkeeper at the bottom of the road, your, the school or, or, or college friends, family that wind you up a lot of the time. Everyone's sitting there quite like, still now. Don't want to sort of make any mention of that at all. The person who cuts you, cut you up on the way to church this morning. The challenging neighbour down the street, whoever it may be. Unconditional love is the first aspect of our serving. Remember, serving others doesn't mean we allow ourselves to become pushovers. It's not what it means, but by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we place others higher than ourselves. Remember, Jesus says, love your neighbour as yourself. That means we serve them as Christ served God in going to the cross. But you say, but they don't deserve it. These people, they don't deserve it. Well, neither did we. Neither did we. But Jesus still went nonetheless. Secondly, you serve your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Take a look around. Let's have a look at each other. There's some very handsome and very pretty faces here. Let's not be awkward. Just, just have a look around. Look, this is our family. This is our church family. Right? Those sitting to your left and to your right, those sitting before you and those sitting behind you are your brothers and sisters in Christ. They are your family. Many in this room are doing more, actually not just in this room, even those upstairs currently, are doing more than their fair share of serving in this church. Some are doing way too much. Way too much. Because the need is real. So as we end today, I appeal to you this morning to prayerfully consider how you may serve this family here at Welcome. You might not know where God wants you to serve. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Just serve where there's a need. Just serve where there's a need. You might say, but I don't know what to do. That's fine. We'll do our best to train and guide and support you. You might say, I can't give much time. That's fine. There's a lot of that's fine, isn't there? That's fine. Once a month. That's fine. That's enough. That's all you can give. Why am I appealing to you to consider helping? First is this. There is a need. There is a need here for help and support. Second, to relieve the burden on those who are already giving so much. And the third, to release those who have already given so much here for so many years. That's 
lost my card. Where is it? There it is. So, in the foyer again, I'm back to the foyer, is our last remaining card, the yellow card. Okay? If you hadn't already noticed, the yellow card is I want to get involved. And on this card, there are various ministries. Again, very simple, just fill your details out, stick it in the letterbox in the foyer, or, because everybody here is now an expert in QR codes, <laughs> grab your phone, scan the QR code, and it takes you to the exactly same form, it's just online. And we can get in contact with you about talking through maybe where you can serve. But it's important to let you know where we are currently in need of help the most. First, Kids Church. As everyone slumps down, kids. Kids Church. We are in need of at least one person to help teach the little ones on Sundays. We are in need of at least four helpers to support the work that goes on upstairs. If we were to... If, if the kids' department were able to receive that help, then it means they can go on to a monthly rota. That maybe puts it in context of what, how much they're serving at the minute if they can't even go on to a monthly rota. Is Esther? Esther's not here, is she? She's upstairs. <laughs> Neil, you can wave. Esther's, Esther's husband, if you don't know. Um, any questions, please either speak to Neil, myself, one of the elders, um, or Esther, if you know who Esther is, or fill the card out and put it in the box and someone will uh, have a conversation with you about how you can get involved with kids. Youth ministry. Ah, oh, could, could have had a whoop whoop there. You know, they're all upstairs, aren't they? Mm. The youth ministry are all in need, uh, are in need of helpers to go onto the rotor to support the youth during the morning sessions so that we've got youth going on out there at the minute and they need help in teaching and guiding those guys they're in desperate need for people particularly men and I've said this before haven't I church particularly men to go onto the rotor for serving on a Friday evening at youth it doesn't necessarily mean you have to teach the youth they just need you to be there, to be a presence, to be an example, to be there to chat to our incredible youth, to be a role model. We need at least one man to serve at Fusion, which our 11 to 13 year old group on a Sunday evening happens twice a month. Lizzie's up, is Lizzie up, I know, Lizzie's not, Li Lizzie's in bed. How many workers are you doing? That's the stock, she just doesn't like my teaching at all, so. No, no, she's in bed, bless her, she's worked a night shift. So Steve, you'll have to wait for her, there you go, that's Steve's husband. Any questions about you? Again. What did I say? Oh, sorry, yes, sorry, yeah. What Steve said. <laughs> Any questions, have a chat with Steve. Uh, again, have a chat with one of the elders, fill out the card, stick it in, someone can get in contact with you. Prayer ministry. Oh, I could have had a whoop there, Bex. Oh, sorry. Okay, <laughs> let's start that again. Prayer ministry. <laughs> We're in need of people to join the prayer ministry, which 
provides vital prayer for this church, every single one of us here, for this town and for our nation and the world. The prayer team prayed during the service, as we saw Frida expertly did this morning. Thank you, Frida. After the service, and again, after the service today, if you want prayer, please come and see the prayer team. We'll be more than happy to pray with you. If you need prayer, don't walk out those doors today without asking for prayer. Prayer is something we can all do. You may be sitting there thinking, do you know what, I, 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 just, I just can't serve. I can't come in early. I can't do all of these extra bits and pieces. Okay, but prayer is the one thing that you can do. Get your name down on the prayer ministry. Even if you just have to sit at home and pray from home when the need arises, my gosh, that is incredibly important. So again, every single one of us can do something, even if we can't do something physically. Bex, give us a wave. There's Bex. Either fill out a card, chat to Bex, and uh, again, we can, we can have a chat with you about that. The welcome team. We are in desperate need for people to join what will be a newly amalgamated team of the, the, the tea and coffee and the steward and the chair rotor into the welcome team. Woo! Yes, thank you, Hazel. Thank you. Um, so, if, if you can serve tea and coffee, if you are able to come down a bit earlier on a Sunday and maybe sit the chairs up, and if you've got a lovely smile, which is nearly every single one of you in this room, maybe you can you know, also be part of the welcome team on the, the door, just welcoming people in as they come into the service. There's other ministries. It doesn't end there. AV ministry. Sam and Noah. Well done today. Good job. Joe, you know, on Thursday, we didn't have anyone to do the uh, sound deck. These lads stepped up, first time, got involved, and I think they've done an incredible job. See, that's, that's servanthood right there. Yeah? Worship team. Where's Matt? Matt, give us a wave. Worship team. If you are a musician, okay? If you are a musician, yes, yes, unless you want to play the triangle maybe, but that does need rhythm, right? If you are already a musician and you play an instrument that is similar to obviously what we, we play here, please come and have a chat with Matt. I'm sure he would love to have a conversation with you about, uh, about getting involved. There are lots of other things, you know, finance, uh, local missions, local missions team, getting involved in, in what we're going to be exploring into the new year next year of getting involved out in the community. Uh, administration, there's always things to do. Pastoral care, Sue's not here today, is she? Can't see her. Pastoral care. If you have a pastor's heart, if you have a heart for people and the welfare of people, then please fill the card out. Drop it in the box. Let us know. We'll get in contact with you. Because we're always in need of people who are willing to go and just visit. To pop along and say hello to someone or have a coffee with someone. Home groups. Home group leaders. Uh, the home groups are growing, aren't they, John? And we want to be able to provide spaces for people who are coming for welcome and, and, and calling this their home. 
So if you have been with us for a while and you are willing and able to be able to maybe start a home group, come and speak to us, come and speak to John. And we will have a chat with you about what that could look like. But I do know that many of our groups are already busting at the seams. So we are in need of new groups starting, which is a lovely problem to have, is it not? Well, I think it is anyway. So as you can see, there are plenty of places to serve in this church. And there are others. I haven't mentioned them all. So I ask you, how can you serve? How can you serve? Uh, the band can come up and just bring this in for a close. We have been blessed to have so many new faces join us here at Welcome. What a blessing. But if you have only been with us a short time, can I encourage you not to feel obliged to get involved straight away? We really want you to settle and to be right in your heart that this is where God needs you and wants you to be. However, if you might want to get involved and you're just desperate to get involved, then can I encourage you to maybe consider the welcome team just as a, a starting point, as a way of getting to know people because it is a wonderful opportunity to get to know people. Being out there welcoming people or helping set the chairs or doing the tea and coffee on a Sunday morning, maybe that's a good place to start. So come and have a chat with us. But I do recognise that not everyone can serve. I don't want people to walk out here feeling conviction because they're not serving and they can't. We recognise that not everyone can serve. It's absolutely fine. You may only be able to serve once a month, that's fine. You may only be able to do, be a prayer at home, like I've said, that's fine. All I ask, all I ask is that you prayerfully consider how and where you might be able to support the Welcome family as we strive to care for each other, to love on our town and to continue to proclaim and lift high the name of Jesus here in Welcome and in Whitney. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. My Heavenly Father, Lord, you've given us the greatest act of servanthood that this world will ever know, and that is your son's sacrificial surrendering of himself to go to that cross for your creation. Lord, you don't necessarily call us to sacrifice our lives. Some, some do. But Lord, you call us into your body, into your local body. And with our foundation of love, you call us to watch for our neighbours and care and love for our neighbours. And that involves serving. Serving each other. Lord, so that not, there isn't a handful of people doing everything that everybody, to the best of their ability, whatever it may look like, is doing just a little bit, just to take any strain, 
from the wider church family. So Lord, I pray without, without guilt, without uh, feeling pressure, I just pray, Lord, that you meet people where they are, that you minister to their heart, that you guide them and show them where they may serve at welcome, if they are able to. I just lift this whole area of servanthood to you, Lord Jesus, and ask that you guide us, because this is your church, and we're your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.